What is going on, guys? Robbie here from the Big Red Express. Hope you guys are doing well. I know the sound's probably going to sound a little crazy today, but I'm in the process of moving to a new apartment with my gorgeous wife. And you know what? This is the best you got. So I'm on my iPhone. I've got my, you know, AirPods in, and we are driving around. And I really, I was just thinking about, you know what? I need to record another podcast because I recorded one last week and I haven't recorded one in a little while and maybe I need to do this and maybe it's the best thing to do and all this stuff. And especially with so much going on, uh, not only in the world of of sports, in the world of of life, uh, but also in the world of the country and in the world of CrossFit. And I think I left a lot of things unsaid that I needed to say, and I know I didn't say a lot, and I don't, I got a lot of feedback saying, oh, well, you know, and again, there's a lot of people out there that are going to tell me their opinions and going to give me their own thoughts about the current state of the world. And I, I don't, again, I said it in the last episode, I don't care if you're on the left side, the right side, right down the middle, there's a problem in this country about, you know, and it all stems with racial injustice, and there is a serious problem that needs to be fixed. And if you're not willing to learn, if you're not willing to be teachable, then you know what, you're part of the problem, because it's all, does that mean I I think that all cops are bad because of this whole thing that happened with police brutality, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and, and the things that have happened over the last month and two, month or two? No. Of course not. I don't think all cops are bad. Do I think there are cops out there that shouldn't be cops anymore or police officers out there that should be weeded off the force? Of course I do. I know a lot of great police officers, and I think a lot of people out there know a lot of great police officers. And I'm only going to mention this a couple of times just because I did get some feedback of people saying, oh, well, there's a lot of different, you know, not all cops. And I, I, I didn't say anything about all cops were bad on the podcast in that last episode. You can go check. And if I did, I apologize. I didn't mean to say it because I don't believe that. I don't believe that all police officers are bad. There are some bad seeds which make the rest of the police officers in the country look bad. And that's unfortunate. Like, it really sucks. Like, I can't imagine what it's like right now, right this second, to be a police officer. But I'm also seeing a lot of people come out and and a lot of police officers coming out and defending different things that go on other police officers. If a police officer is going to come out and say, hey, what happened to George Floyd was wrong. What happened to certain these these black people was wrong. And this needs to stop. You know what? That's all it takes. I understand that the police force is a brotherhood and, and all this stuff. I get that. Just with any close-knit family, you are going to have each other's back. You're going to support each other. But at the end of the day, if you sit back and say, hey, I'm going to defend this person because of this, because they're a police officer, you know what? That's not right. And I'm not saying that's in every situation, but in this situation, that's not right. Anyway. That aside, let's talk about the Rogue Invitational. Uh, Tia Claire Toomey and Patrick Vellner, the two victors 
in the Rogue Invitation. I think a lot of people, those were the two that were the favorites, I think, going in to um, to this event. And I know Matt Fraser pulled out a couple weeks ago, and a lot of people were like, oh, well, what's going on with that? And you can honestly say, okay, well, maybe he just didn't want to compete. Maybe with everything going on in the world today and everything going on with CrossFit in the last week, maybe he just didn't want to to compete. Or maybe he really has been nursing an injury and trying to rehab uh, back and forth. So, it, it, again, he has nothing to gain and nothing to lose. The only thing he has to lose is maybe some financial gain from this competition. Um but again, I don't even know how much money was on the line because of this new format and all that stuff. Um, I didn't really do a lot of the details and looking up. I'll have to look it up again. Um, but overall, let's let's just talk about the event overall, day one and day two. Considering the circumstances that Rogue was put in, considering the circumstance that the athletes were put on put in, I think the event went pretty well. Pro- probably a lot better then you could have thought that it would have gone if it was just a regular CrossFit event or just a regular fitness event or whatever you want to call it. And the, the reason I say that is because you it, it sounds like Rogue sent uh, all the athletes that were competing, whether they were here in America or, or somewhere else, they all sent them a pack of gear, and I think it was – Probably one or two crates of gear, includes some bumper plates, a echo bike, um, a box, I believe, and you know just what you need—a barbell, of course. What they needed to compete during the 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 event, both days. They drew out parameters of how big your sections got to be in your square. They, I believe, they sent a camera. Uh, they sent a judge, or they had a judge locally that went to the gym and judged the athletes. So it was all in the up and up, but I thought they did a very good job. Yes, there were some technical difficulties with some of the camera feeds, some of the feeds uh, going in and out. I know, um, at least in the first couple of events, I know Noah Olsen had a problem kind of starting up his clock, and um, I know he got a little bit late of a start on everybody else, but the, the, the thing was, doing the way that they were doing, it was kind of hard to not think that there weren't going to be some camera issues, some issues just in general with people's cameras, their setup, and all that stuff. Because there's so many factors that you have to factor in: Wi-Fi, the connection of the camera, you know, the the weather, and and so again, so many things. And then you got to get the feed to Rogue, and then they've got to put it out to the public. And then of course you got the feed between Sean and Chase. Uh, who were the voices, and I loved how they added different athletes in there. I loved how they had Carrie Pierce. I love how they had Amy Thor's daughter in there, and I'm not sure if they got me. I didn't watch the – I watched bits and pieces here and there in some big events, but um, I thought it was just very cool and very differently ran. It was unlike any event that you've probably ever seen. If you haven't gone back and checked it out, it really felt like a – it felt like a competition and the only thing that was different, which I thought was kind of cool. And we'll talk about this in just a little bit in detail was the athletes could not see the other athletes. 
they were working out like it was just a normal workout by themselves doing their thing. They didn't know what rep anybody else was on. They didn't know how close or how far away the other people were competing all around the world. They didn't know that maybe in that in the last man standing, Pat Vellner and Ben Smith, who won their heats respectively, they did not know that nobody else had had been done. So they could have essentially Pat Vellner could have essentially stopped, but he didn't because he didn't know anybody else was still going. And that kind of it shows you how much drive these athletes do have just on a regular basis. And I think that was a very cool thing uh, to see because we see these athletes standing neck and neck, toe to toe with the, with the best athletes in the world at the CrossFit Games, at regionals, at all these sanctionals. But at the, at the end of the day, we don't normally get a peek behind the curtain with them competing or with them working out inside of their own house, inside of their own garage, their gym, what have you. And it was just very cool to get a little peek behind the curtain just to see how that worked. And I loved, I loved working and looking and seeing that because being someone who started CrossFit back in 2012 with Ben in his garage and not really knowing or really following CrossFit other than Ben and, and knowing what he did and obviously knowing the big names in the sport. But it really gives you a whole new respect for the athletes, you know, in that drive. Yes, you're in a competition, but it's just you competing. Unless someone's got the feet up in the room and you can see what other everybody else is doing. First off, there's probably a little bit of a delay. I mean, just with every feed out there, and spoiler alert, with every live feed out there, it's not really live. You're probably going to get a, a tour, you know, at least a five to ten second delay, maybe more um, when it comes to, to TV and radio and things of that nature. If it's not taped, then it's probably on a delay, but just minutes, like, I mean, or just seconds. I mean, I'm not talking like it's like on a four-minute delay. No, it's probably on like a, a five, ten-second delay. That way, just in case, if they need to bleach stuff out for language and things of that nature, I'm taking you behind the curtain a little bit in the world of broadcasting, just because that's kind of my forte, and I, I love the business. Um, but it's it's crazy. It's crazy to me to see all of these athletes, and I think it was very cool just to see the admiration that they had for Rogue for putting the event on. I thought Chase and Sean did a great job keeping things rolling, trying to keep people updated. I thought whoever was running the truck in the back um, up in Columbus or wherever they were at, uh, running the camera feeds. I thought they did a great job, um, you know, singling up on some athletes. If they were, if some athletes were having problems, technical difficulties, they would go from athlete to athlete, but they also had like an eight screen, uh, shot where you could see all athletes in the heat, um, and kind of their separate feeds and they were very good quality feeds. And again, I just thought it was a very well run event overall. And, I think it sets the precedent and it sets the standard for how events could possibly, big events, could be possibly run in the future, especially if Rogue has anything to do with it. And, of course, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we have, we really don't know 
what the future of the CrossFit Games is going to be. Uh, we don't know if all this drama with CrossFit and athletes continuing to come out, but I think this gives people hope. Um, do I think next year in 2021 the CrossFit Games is going to be a thing? Possibly, but they've got a lot of work to do before they can get there. And I'm going to be very curious to see just how they can get that done and and go from there. I don't really know how the rest of the season is going to pan out. I know there's not really any more events going on. I know since things have started reopening up, I know there have been spikes in, in COVID cases, and you can believe what you will on that, but I believe that if there's spikes, that's not good. Um, I understand that the CrossFit Games, it's kind of easier for them to isolate athletes, especially if you're going to have everyone compete at the ranch, but you also have to think about the family members. You have to think about the people that they're coming, coming in contact with because it's the same thing as every other major sports having problems right now. Um, every major sport out there is having problems coming to the fact of, okay, well, how can we do this to be the safest way possible? And if there's no vaccine ready by the time the CrossFit Games comes around, you're going to have to keep the CrossFit Games athlete in a, athletes in a bubble. Everybody that is in that bubble, staff, judges, um, workers, maintenance, whatever the case is, equipment staff, all that jazz. If you are going to keep them in the bubble, you're going to have to keep everybody under the same bubble, and that gets really pricey real quick. And you're going to have to provide that. Athletes can't just go to some random hotel. They almost have to all be at the same hotel. Their family members almost have to be at a separate one. Again, there's so many factors that goes along with it that every other sport right now that is trying to continue their season or get things aside from golf and NASCAR, because that could be a little bit of isolated event. Other than that, they're having problems coming to an agreement. Obviously, Major League Baseball is coming to very, very rocky uh, times right now when it comes to trying to figure out a season. I know that all that is a lot of that is financially driven, and which is you know a topic for a different day. But you also have, you know, the basketball who you know, hey, we're going to be under this bubble. We're going to be under this, you know you know, the 22 teams or however many teams are doing what they're doing, yeah, they're going to be under this bubble, but the people that are working, the maintenance workers, the hotel workers, they're not going to be under the bubble for the whole time. And that's a problem. That is a big problem. But again, that's just something that everybody is going to have to figure out as this goes along. It's I know there's a lot of distractions in the world with the protests and everything going on with Black Lives Matter and, and the the racial injustice that the spotlight's being shown on now. But we also have to remember that coronavirus is still a thing. COVID-19 is has not gone away. I know the focus has kind of shifted a little bit. And if you're going to read the news or if you're going to pay attention to the news, you can believe whatever you want. It's still a real thing. It has not gone away. Even if you think 
that the media is not focusing on it. And oh, why aren't they focusing on it anymore? Because there's something probably, there is something huge that's going on right now that needs to be addressed. That's why they're not putting 100% of the focus. And as a member of the media, in my real life, as a person that has been in broadcasting for over 10 years, even longer than that, I've had an efficient efficiency, and I've loved the broadcasting industry. I hate when people say the media is just trying to coerce you or trying to convince you that the media is taking over your mind. It's brainwashing you. It's, it's saying that things aren't as big of a deal or they're bigger of a deal because they're trying to sway you in one direction or another. Me, and maybe it's different on a national stage, I can't address that. But me personally, I do my research. I try to be as safe and as well as possible. And you know what? If you're not going to listen to the experts, if you're not going to listen to the people that actually are in the front lines doing this and the people that know what they're talking about, then maybe you can't be convinced otherwise. And we talked about this on our last podcast episode. If you can't be teachable or if you don't think that if you think the media is the only thing driving all of this, you know what? You've got something coming to you. You are part of the problem. If you can't be teachable and the same thing goes with Black Lives Matter. Yes. I don't know everything, and I mentioned it in detail on Saturday. I don't know anything. I will never, ever know everything. I'm a white guy, but you know what? I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to be teachable and taught what is going on so I can be better. If you're not willing to do that, you know what? There's something wrong because you got to be teachable. I posted this on social media the other day. Be teachable because you're not always right. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to realize that, hey, I'm not always right. But guess what? You're not always right, folks. Nobody is. We all have done wrong. Be teachable. The message is the same as it was Saturday. We talked about different topics, some of the same, some different. If you don't like it, turn off the podcast. If you're tired of people talking about this stuff, turn off the podcast. It won't hurt my feelings. I'm doing this because I love to talk. I love talking to myself. So why not record myself talking to myself and say, frick it. I don't say, I say the bad word or whatever. You know what? I'm going to record it. I'm going to publish it. You know what? That's that. If you don't agree with me, you don't have to listen. That's all I got. Again, my thoughts on the Rogue Invitational. I thought it was great. For the situation, for the circumstances, for what they had to work with, 
I thought overall it was an incredible performance by all the athletes. Hats off to Tia Claire Toomey, good friend of the podcast, and also Pat Vellner, good friend of the podcast. I'm telling you guys, that's the future. That's going to come a lot more down the road than we may think. It's not going anywhere. This thing is not changing. You can either hop on board or get out of town. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Big Red Express. Thanks so much to everybody who's tuned in. If you made it this far, thanks so much. You're the real MVP. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Big Red signing out. Later.